The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Okay, it is late afternoon on Wednesday, January 31st. I gave it some time this afternoon to make sure that there wasn't any news as it relates to a new Washington head coach, but we are rolling on this podcast right now. Uh, As of this moment, Washington does not have a new head coach. The show today presented by Window Nation. Call them at 866-90-NATION. Or head to windownation.com, mention my name, you'll get a free estimate, and you'll get access to their deal, which is 50% off all style windows, half price, and 0% interest rates for five years. 86690nation or windownation.com. So the list of candidates that they have interviewed twice is down to three. Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn, and Ravens D-line coach and associate head coach Anthony Weaver. Uh, The big coaching development today, Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald is the new head coach in Seattle getting a reported six-year deal. Uh, As we told you yesterday and as you heard yesterday, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator in Detroit, is staying put in Motown to continue to be the Lions' offensive coordinator. Uh, Bobby Slowick, the Texans' OC, one of the people Washington had interviewed twice, is also staying in his current digs with the Houston Texans as their offensive coordinator. Right now, Washington is the only team in the NFL at this moment without a head coach. My guess is Dan Quinn. I believe Dan Quinn will be the new head coach. I only say that because of what I learned and shared with all of you roughly a week and a half ago, and that is that Quinn was super impressive in their first interview. Uh, I had someone tell me that day, and I shared this with all of you a week and a half ago, that that person told me that Quinn was their plan B if Ben Johnson fell through. But I don't know for sure. It's possible that Anthony Weaver on Monday or Aaron Glenn last night blew them away and one of those guys will be their next head coach. It's possible that there's somebody that they haven't interviewed yet that they will now interview who could end up being their head coach. So what do we think? 
Um, I know from my radio show this morning uh, into this afternoon on the Team 980, taking many calls. Um, I know from social media. I know from conversations yesterday, last night, today with friends and interested uh, fans uh, that there are many perspectives on this head coaching search right now. My perspective, uh, simply put, is this. For much of the last 20 years, I wouldn't say all 25 of the Dan Snyder years, but for much of the last two decades, I haven't been able to allow myself to give this organization the benefit of the doubt. Because why would I? They proved over and over again that they got it wrong much more often than they got it right. Now we're in a position to allow, I think, for some benefit of doubt. It's not mandated that you give them the benefit of the doubt, but it makes sense to me given that, look, all of us would have gladly traded Snyder for anybody if the trade up front required that we give that anyone the benefit of the doubt for a few years. We would have paid for that opportunity. The trade, here it is, a year ago. All right. You, as in fan base, we, we get Snyder selling the team. All right. That's what we're getting in the trade. And what we have to commit to is we have to commit to allowing the benefit of the doubt, aka being patient for a period of no less than two years. That trade is accepted. Let me think about it. Yes in like a second and a half. If we were offered Snyder sells, but you got to be patient with the new group, got to give them some time, got to give them the benefit of the doubt for two years, we would have taken it. And of course, we should have taken it. And we should be happy with that right now. My MO for right now is benefit of doubt, especially when it comes to the things like a head coaching search, which includes a candidate field with mostly guys who have never done it before. I've been saying this for the last month and a half. These guys, Slowick and Johnson and McDonald, I'm not saying that all of you didn't know their names. Ben Johnson we knew from last year because he was a hot candidate in the 2023 hiring cycle. But for the most part, a lot of these names, I bet you any amount of money, most of you had no idea who Dave Canales was, the guy that took the Carolina job, until, I don't know, late in the season when it looked like the Buccaneers might be in the postseason and Baker Mayfield was playing pretty well. Now, when we get to free agency, of course, we're going to have some opinions on the players they sign, on the players they don't sign. Why? Because we watch these players and we're in the business of having opinions as fans, as talk show hosts, for sure. You know, we live for having an opinion on those things. Draft, we'll have opinions. Damn, I really wish they had taken the tackle from USC instead of the linebacker from SMU. Even though, even in most of those cases, we don't know anywhere near what they know. It doesn't stop us, it never will, but even if they pick a guy that I don't like, There will be benefit of doubt until they prove that they don't deserve it. And that's going to take some time. That's my current state when it comes to all of this. Dan and Vinny, Dan and Bruce, Ron and Ron, 
They didn't deserve it. This group, they don't have a track record yet. I'm going to let them get out there and run for a little bit. What's been fascinating to me over the last 24 hours, though, is some of the other perspectives. You know, the group that is, and this includes some of you, the group that's so upset, so critical, so accusatory, so panicked about the way things have gone down. Um, I'm not being flippant when I say, you know, some of this, I do believe, is just a result of you know, a very traumatized and damaged fan base, some type of fan PTSD. You know, after years of expecting the worst and getting the worst, it's just too soon at this point to expect something different. But I mean, two weeks ago, the new GM, Adam Peters, was being hailed in every corner of the DMV as one of the great gets of all time or in recent memory and the first real indication that a new day had arrived. I mean, that was only 15 days ago. Finally, a real GM, finally a guy that had lots of options but chose us. We got our guy. We believe. Do your thing, Adam. We're behind you a thousand percent. That was just 15 days ago. It didn't last very long for some of you. I got this from Seth yesterday after they didn't get Ben Johnson. Kevin, same old team, couldn't get their guy. Total disaster. If it's Quinn, they have failed on their first real mission. If it's Quinn, then our new owner and first GM in my lifetime basically hired Ron Rivera number two. A terrible signal to the fan base. Uh, this from a friend of mine um, who texted me after they didn't get Ben Johnson yesterday. Are you kidding me, Kevin? They waited nearly a month for this guy and didn't get him? This process has left them with egg covering every square inch of their organizational face. Did they let Jason Wright handle this? I'm so disappointed. And now what? Dan Quinn? See how that flies with the on-the-fence crowd. He and I always refer to the people that aren't sure yet uh, as, you know, kind of straddling the fence right now. A lot of those people are all about the name, um, but some of them are just waiting to see what happens here with the new regime. Um, I got this today from Colin after they didn't get Mike McDonald, which kind of rang the bell for round two of apoplectic rage, you know, panic today uh, after McDonald went to Seattle. Colin writes, no Johnson, no McDonald, no Sloak, no hope. This is a disaster. The perception of the organization hasn't changed at all. Now I understand why Philadelphia fans don't like Josh Harris. He's cheap. He's a bottom line guy. He's going to hire the guy that has no other options, Dan effing Quinn. Or even worse, just give the job to enemy who he's already paying. Clown show. <laughs> Colin. My man, I mean, he did pay Peters. He's not that cheap. He got Peters. I think you were excited about that two weeks ago. Peters had options. By the way, you know, many of you said that hiring the GM was much more important than the coach anyway. I I did this Twitter poll a few weeks ago, and I said, what's the most, or asked, what's the most important offseason addition? GM head coach, quarterback at number two. GM was number one, quarterback was number two, and coach was three. Ah, Colin, I mean, 
I mean, sip on some chamomile tea or something. Uh, Xanax, maybe. I mean, how do you even know for sure that they wanted McDonald or Slowick? I I think just the, the reactions from these last 24 hours, the real, you know, um, frightened, disappointed, panicked, et cetera, reaction, um, it's... It's like, as I said to Tommy yesterday, it's like schizophrenic or bipolar or whatever those things are. You know, it's like last week, two weeks ago, euphoric, and the last 24 hours, like majorly depressed, angry, panicked. Um, By the way, Ben Johnson didn't pick somebody else over Washington. He chose to stay in Detroit and not become a head coach. And from what I understand, and I said this yesterday, he wasn't the sole focus of the team's search, as many had been reporting all along. Uh, I bought into that, that that Ben Johnson was the number one target, and that you know it was a done deal if you know he wanted the job. And I think I said it seems like it's eighty percent there. Um, but fifteen days ago, I mean, champagne corks popping over the Adam Peters hiring. Josh Harris is the man for landing Adam Peters. And here we are in the last day. What the hell is Adam Peters doing? How the hell is he getting shut down by Ben Johnson? How didn't he get Mike McDonald? How the hell is Dan Quinn even a possibility? None of you really know anything. I don't know much more. Uh, A ton of people with much more access than any of us were completely shocked by Ben Johnson's decision to stay in Detroit. Maybe not Adam Schefter, um, maybe not our own Ben Standig, who's going to be on with me in the next segment, um, but the Johnson decision to not take the head coaching job or to not take a head coaching job was a stunner to most people. You know, it's possible that he didn't want Washington or Seattle. It's also possible that Washington didn't want didn't want Ben Johnson. It's also possible, as I mentioned on yesterday's show that Ben Johnson just doesn't want to be a head coach right now and has wrestled with this for weeks all the while trying to do his part and getting his team to the Super Bowl. He's been a little preoccupied the last few weeks. He is a human being focusing on these interviews and how he feels and doing research on which team would make more sense. And I mean, he's got an agent, I understand, but he's been preoccupied. He's been focused, dialed in. You know, did he have to wait until the team was in the air to tell them that he was staying in Detroit? Maybe not. Maybe not. If I were advising him, I would have told him to make sure to address the Washington contingent when they got into town last night to interview Aaron Glenn, I would have said, you got to go to them face-to-face and say, this is what happened, and this is why I made this decision, and I really appreciate the interest. You know, I don't know if that happened um, or not. Maybe it did happen. Uh, But it would have been the right thing for him to do if indeed his letting them know was initially a little less formal and maybe a little less professional because I don't think it's that professional to kind of wait until Washington's in the air heading to come to see you. Now, they were coming to see Aaron Glenn, too. Um, I I hope that, you know, he's got a real reason for that, for his sake. I don't have anything against Ben Johnson. Um, 
if Ben Johnson in a second straight year of being a hot candidate, um, if he doesn't want to coach right now, uh, that's you know he's got reasons for that. If it's because he didn't get the money he was asking for, I don't know that that was it. I my hunch is that 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 it was much more than something like that. Um, maybe he didn't like the opportunities, but there were other opportunities for him other than Washington and Seattle. Uh, he was, you know, requested to be interviewed by multiple teams during this hiring cycle. Um, but look, if it's not a perfect match, you know, I would have hoped that Washington would have figured this out anyway. You know, they would have gotten a vibe if they had sat down and interviewed him and gotten the vibe that he doesn't really want to be a head coach or he doesn't want to be working for us. Or, you know, they may have come to this conclusion with an interview or without an interview. You know, what we should all be hoping for is the right guy, the the right guy for the group that's in charge right now. Because the head coach is not going to be in charge. He's going to be working for the general with, but really for the general manager and the owner. I mean, I, I really, in some ways, think this this whole thing with Ben Johnson may have been a blessing in disguise. Um, you know, I mentioned yesterday uh, after the show, uh, not or before the podcast yesterday with Tommy, that I had learned after talking to a few people that, you know, Dan Campbell was the alpha. Of course he was. And somebody said to me, he wasn't the biggest voice in the room. He was the room. And Aaron Glenn was a close second, and Johnson just wasn't that guy. And perhaps being around those two, it kind of magnified in his own mind, hey, I don't know if I'm ready to lead a team like these guys. You know, um, I don't know if I'm ready to, you know, be the, the, the number one communicator, the number one disciplinarian, the number one responsibility for everybody in the building guy. I like going into a room on Monday morning, shutting my door, and coming out on Wednesday with a brilliant game plan to beat our next opponent. Um, I don't know. Maybe Ben Johnson is selling himself short. I, who knows? Uh, I'll tell you, for him, though, after two years of being the hot candidate, you know, Tommy and I talked about this yesterday, there's no guarantee he's going to be the hot candidate next year. You know, he may have missed his opportunity. Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he feels like he's built to be a number two, not a number one. There are no guarantees that he'll be the number one candidate next year. Detroit could have injuries. They could fall to seven and ten. There could be two teams that were supposed to suck. Maybe Carolina with Dave Canales, you know, uh, and his new OC leading Bryce Young into a, a great year two. And that new OC becomes the hot guy. I got this from um, Vic. Vic said, Ben Johnson is dead to me. Hope he never gets a job. Now, I don't understand that kind of thinking at all. I, that is just wasted energy. And it's, he didn't pick another team. And you, it's not like we know for sure he led Washington down, you know, a path of believing they were going to get him and then pulled the rug on him. It's possible that that happened. But again, he's been a little preoccupied. I can't imagine that Washington and their head coaching search has been his top priority over the last three weeks. He may just be one of those guys that is super comfortable and doesn't like change. Okay, maybe. As far as McDonald goes, 
He got six years from Seattle. Maybe Washington was opposed to six years. Or maybe McDonald wanted Seattle's young and talented defensive roster. Or maybe, just maybe, Washington wants someone else more than they want McDonald. So him going to Seattle wasn't as big of a blow as many people apparently think it was. Uh, Maybe we'll find out what happened on the Johnson and McDonald fronts. Um, Maybe we won't. I can tell you this. When they announce their new head coach, whenever it happens, they'll probably tell us this was the guy we wanted all along. It might not be true. um, But I think those of you that think that whomever they hire is like, you know, their seventh or eighth choice, that's just ridiculous. That's just not true. My hunch is that They waited to interview Johnson, had to wait because he couldn't be interviewed in person until this past Monday. Uh, They lumped in McDonald, Weaver, and Glenn because they were impressed enough with them in their virtual interviews to see them in person. And part of it may have been, hey, you know, from a negotiation standpoint with Ben Johnson, we don't want him to think that he's the only guy that we have as a possibility. As far as Quinn goes, As I've told you for a week and a half, I know they liked the interview a lot. Um, And so do a lot of people around the league like Dan Quinn. Um, But Washington was willing to wait on an interview with Johnson because they were intrigued and perhaps got the feeling from Johnson and his people that they were interested in Washington as well. That's possible. If it is Quinn, I will believe, not naively, but with more information than many of you have, that he was near the top of their list all along. Johnson may have been their number one, but you have to think, given the way this went down the last 24 hours, that Johnson wasn't a lock and that they had to know to a certain degree that he wasn't a lock for them. The public perception of the Johnson pursuit probably didn't match up with the reality of it. Uh, this from Blaine, Kevin, listen to you this morning. I think trying to explain this away as if it wasn't botched is way out there. Of course they botched this. They didn't get their top choices. It's lame that you don't see this. Uh, Blaine, the only thing that's lame is being convinced that they botched this because they didn't get a guy that might be too scared to coach right now. And another guy who decided not to coach right now, Slowick. And another guy, McDonald, that actually did choose to coach, but you have no idea more than my wife does if Washington wanted him over a proven guy like Dan Quinn. But, you know, Blaine, you might be sort of right. You might be kind of right. Because, of course, uh, I don't think it's been botched, but of course it's possible they didn't get their number one. I wouldn't call that a botch. It's possible that they didn't get their number one and number two, maybe. I wouldn't call that a botch, really. You know, they are still the, you know, Washington whatevers playing in a shit stadium with average at best facilities in Ashburn with a fan base that pretty much left the team during the Snyder years and at best is only half back. A roster that has a ton of holes. You know, that's not super attractive. Now, the draft picks and the number two overall and the salary cap space and no Dan Snyder, very attractive. Um, If it's true and they really didn't get the top guy or top two guys that they really wanted, maybe it's because this wasn't the best job opening during this cycle. Maybe it was only the third or the fourth best. 
Maybe that's why they didn't get their number one or number two. Um, as I've said all along, my preference was more an offensive guy. And if it had been Ben Johnson, I would have been fine with that because I've enjoyed watching him develop Jared Goff and their offense. But again, I'm benefit of the doubt right now. I am benefit of the doubt guy. I do have just one tiny, tiny nit to pick, all right? Um, When I was having a conversation yesterday about Ben Johnson, which I shared yesterday and just shared again about sort of why maybe Ben Johnson wasn't uh, thinking he was ready to be a head coach. Um, Somebody mentioned to me, I am surprised that they didn't interview Dave Canales. Dave Canales was the OC in Tampa Bay this year. He did a great job with Baker Mayfield, working for Todd Bowles as, as the offensive coordinator. Um, and the year before, he was the quarterback's coach in Seattle for Geno Smith's Pro Bowl season. And so this guy did say, surprised that they didn't include him. And I guess that the small nit to pick would be maybe just another offensive guy or two that they could have included on the list, like Canales. Um, I would have loved to have seen Vrabel interviewed. Um, somebody, Kevin, pointed out to me, uh, Kev, if you're listening, Kevin's a big listener and um, sends me a lot of stuff all the time. He said that it's very possible that Rand Carthon, who is basically the head of football operations now in Tennessee, the ownership in Tennessee decided to stick with Rand Carthon, get rid of Rabel. Carthon worked with Adam Peters in San Francisco. So perhaps that's why they're not interested in Vrabel. Adam Peters heard from Rand Carthon that Vrabel maybe was difficult or wanted more control, whatever. Um, if it is Quinn, I think the idea that Dan Quinn is Ron Rivera number two is off. They are defensive guys. Their resumes are kind of similar. Actually, Ron's was better record-wise. Um, they are both around the league, widely respected and well-liked. But Ron was hired by Dan. Ron was the coach. Ron was the GM. Ron was coach-centric Ron and given control. Ron came here as a CEO coach and had to work in an organization owned by Dan Snyder. Quinn would be the first hire of a new owner, uh, of a new owner's highly thought of general manager. He would be the coach, not the CEO. Hopefully his staff won't be what Ron's staff was, which was Carolina North. Um, I, I don't think, I think there are some similarities, but I think there are a lot of things that are completely different. You know, most notably that he's working in a completely different organization than the one Ron Rivera was hired by. Now, if you're just going apples to apples on coaching resumes, yeah, there are some similarities there. It's true. Dan Quinn, let's not forget all, you know, I'd like to forget the last game. If he becomes head coach, the last game that he coached as Dallas's defensive coordinator, but he totally turned Dallas around when he replaced Mike Nolan as the defensive coordinator. The Cowboys have had high level defensive football teams under Dan Quinn. Um, Dan Quinn in Atlanta as a head coach had more success when he had Kyle Shanahan. 
when he had Steve Sarkeesian, who replaced Kyle when Kyle got the San Francisco job. When he didn't have the top-notch coordinator, things went south. So hiring an OC will be huge if it is Dan Quinn or if it's Anthony Weaver or Aaron Glenn. They're going to have to get a big-time OC because they're going to be picking a quarterback here. Um, Brian Schottenheimer was the offensive coordinator in Dallas recently. And remember, Mike McCarthy took over the play-calling responsibilities. Maybe Brian Schottenheimer would want to come here. I'm sure that would thrill our fan base. How about Brian Greasy, the guy that discovered, according to all of the reporting, Brock Purdy and got San Francisco to select Brock Purdy in the seventh round and coached up Brock Purdy. Maybe he's ready to be an offensive coordinator. Team Martin, Byron Leftwich. How about Frank Reich? How about this? Greg Roman paired with Jaden Daniels. Woo-hoo! Sheehan loves himself some Jaden Daniels. Um, I like Drake May, too. I like Caleb Williams also. Uh, but, yes, I, I do love Jaden Daniels a lot. I uh, am very, very intrigued with how he gets evaluated by these teams. But, anyway... Um, Greg Roman was not a Baltimore favorite at the end, even though he did a great job with Lamar Jackson. Receivers hated to play in the system with Greg Roman. Uh, There's that. But I bet you Baltimore fans on Sunday wish Greg Roman had been calling plays because they would have run the football a lot more. Oh, there's one other thing I wanted to to touch on real quickly before we get to Ben. John Kime reported today Martin Mayhew is staying with the Commanders. No title uh, at this point, remember, he's still got the general manager title on the team's webpage. That really upsets Tom. Uh, this upset a lot of you. I don't know why. I mean, we kind of knew that Martin Mayhew staying because he had worked with Adam Peters in San Francisco was a possibility. Again, uh, 15 days ago, whatever Adam Peters does, we're all behind you. He's going to keep Martin Mayhew, and some of you are upset. I, I don't get that at all. Um Uh, Ron Rivera is the one responsible for everything that happened, and Adam Peters is going to be responsible for everything that happens moving forward. Uh, Marty Herney also could stay on, according to Nikki Javala, unclear in what capacity. Um, I think it was like a month and a half ago that I mentioned to all of you that I was told that Herney was a guy that Josh Harris was really leaning on. Um, for, you know, kind of football uh, advice. Herney's been in the league a long time. I don't know, really, I can't speak to the players that Herney was responsible for or Mayhew was responsible for versus Ron or scouts or big decisions. Um, I, you know, we, there was that video that they shot, remember, during the, 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 the draft in which you've got Martin Mayhew and Ron going back and forth about a potential trade-up. But remember, what was really clear about that conversation in that video is that Ron was in charge. Martin was just doing what Ron told him to do. I'm not upset about the Martin-Marty combo potentially staying on at all. Again, Adam Peters, most sought-after general manager candidate in the hiring cycle. Washington hires him. And the first thing he does is decide to keep Martin Mayhew, who he worked with in San Francisco, and we're going to be critical of that? Uh, No. I'll I'll wait until he drafts somebody that I thought sucked in college. Um, All right. Ben Standing next right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This segment of the show with our good friend Ben Standing from The Athletic is brought to you by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.com or MyBookie.ag. Use my promo code, KevinDC. You'll get a cash bonus on your initial deposit. Uh, The current point spread right now at MyBookie for Super Bowl 58. It is Super Bowl 58, right? I think it is. Is it Super Bowl 58 or Super Bowl 59? I think it's Super Bowl 58. For Super Bowl 58 is San Francisco minus two. I predicted that if we saw movement in the point spread, it would go the other way. Uh, We have a half point jump at my bookie. San Francisco goes from one and a half to a two point favorite. Um, that's surprising to me. Let's see where it finishes up by the time we get to game day. Um, but you can bet the Super Bowl. You can bet uh, the money line, the spread, the total. They've got every prop bet that you would want. Even if you've got a place where you are wagering right now, use my bookie as your backup site. You'll take the free cash, and you'll have a place to comparison shop on point spreads and totals and money lines and prop bets and pricing, most importantly. Uh, use my promo code, KevinDC, at mybookie.ag. All right, Ben is jumping on with us from Mobile, where Senior Bowl practices continue in, ad, uh, in advance of the Senior Bowl uh, game. How long are you down there for? Are you down there through the game? No, I'll leave tomorrow. The game, from a media perspective, is really not that interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's the 
it's the practices, and obviously this year because of what's going on, the practices to me are not even relevant too much. But yeah, that, that's what we're here for, and then obviously all the teams are here for the most part, and you have a chance to meet up with the various you know uh, coaches, assist, you know, scouts, anybody you can talk to. Um, but yeah, the game is not a not a thing. All right, uh, as we are recording with Ben right now, as I mentioned in the open. Mike McDonald is the new coach in Seattle. Washington is the last team, uh, as of now, without a coach. Um, you're down there uh, in Mobile, Senior Bowl, coaches, agents, league people. What are you hearing about what's next? Well, first of all, it's you know ironic, right? The Adam Peters hire was over in a blink of an eye, right? They fire Ron Rivera on a Monday, and by that Friday, Adam Peters was, you know, they'd agreed to terms with him. Uh, this is the opposite of that. Not only has it gone on for a while, which is not necessarily their doing, they had to wait for uh, teams to get, you know, eliminated from the playoffs. But, um, but yeah, I mean, here we are. Like, they're the last team to make a move. And, you know, I guess if I had to guess right now, I would guess Dan Quinn. He was, you know, from the jump, a name that, you know, you, you're, about it and you know we can all speculate as to exactly what their pecking order was or their hopes and their dreams but you know right now I don't think we can say with, with the, the definitive uh, answers as to as to what that was you know as we discussed the other day the, the Ben Johnson noise I'm not just saying that it was false that they weren't targeting him obviously they waited and they were you know flying to Detroit to meet him but uh, you know there were some red flags, as we discussed, uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks about why that didn't seem to be the slam dunk that people were acting like it was. Um, I think what's interesting, though, is, you know, I, I, we're all playing the perception game right now, or at least a lot of people are. And the perception will be that they're getting the they're having a pick from the leftovers. Right. And I would say that that's not necessarily true in that if you wanted to wait for Ben Johnson or even Mike McDonald, you had to wait until this minute. And the teams like a Tennessee or maybe even a Carolina or Atlanta, either A, weren't interested in them, but more likely they recognized it wasn't, they weren't getting a shot at these, at a Ben Johnson or a McDonald perhaps. And therefore they, they moved on. So they're, they're only last to an extent, one, because Ben Johnson bailed, I guess. And two, to wait for these names, you had to wait. You couldn't, you know, you, you couldn't do anything last week. So they waited, and and now they're here. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it feels like a letdown to a degree if you're just desperately wanting Ben Johnson, but that's not how it worked out. So, what's your prediction, and when will it happen? Uh, you know, like I said, I mean, my guess would be Quinn. To be honest, like you know, Anthony Weaver and Aaron Glenn. You know, they just have not been on the radar uh, as much over, you know, over these last couple of weeks on any level. Uh, in both cases, right, they weren't the main uh, coach from their respective teams though, that any of us were really focusing on. Not to say that they're not worthy candidates. I'm just saying they really weren't the names at, um, that, you know, that, that we were all looking at. So it's hard for me to sit here right now and say, boy, that's who they're going to get. Whereas Dan Quinn was, was more prominent. You know, if you go back – when the season was sort of ending, right, before we knew for sure that Grable or Belichick or even Harbaugh was in the mix, you know, Dan Quinn was like, it was Ben Johnson was sort of the hot guy, and Dan Quinn was the, the stable, been there, done that coach. Uh, then they lost to Green Bay in a pretty ugly way. 
and that turned people off, you know, possibly foolishly, but nonetheless, that and by people I mean like fans. Uh, so yeah, I mean I think if I had to guess right now, I would say Dan Quinn. But you know, in terms of when, I mean, you know, look, I I guess I would say today, but I don't know. I guess that you know, is Washington legitimately sitting back and thinking? Well, what do we do now? I don't think they are. Uh, I will say that, like, I just left the senior bowl practice and Adam Peters was there. Um, so if he's there, I mean, he has phone, he's a cell phone. He can have conversations. But if he's there, you know, he's got to, you know, as the GM, he's got to be paying attention to the personnel scenarios, the draft. But, you know, this is a huge decision. So if this is really like we're going back to the drawing board, I doubt he's at practice today. That's a good point. Uh, I hadn't thought of that necessarily. He's in Mobile. They don't have a head coach yet. Would he be in Mobile um, if he didn't have everything wrapped up? I guess it's possible that they're going to go see somebody else tomorrow or Friday and they'll just fly out of Mobile and head there. But I, I think you know him being there might be an indication that we're on the verge of Quinn, Weaver, or Glenn. Uh, what do you say to those uh, over the last 24 hours that feel that they have just completely botched this? Here's what I guess I would say. You know, for me this whole time it was, okay, let's say Ben Johnson is the number one choice. The question then is, who is the number two? Now, maybe it was Quinn, maybe it's somebody else, but it wasn't like an obvious situation. And, you know, Jim Harbaugh, for those who were saying what about him, once you brought in Adam Peters, it wasn't going to be Harbaugh. Harbaugh, you know, as you know, he brought in a guy for to be the GM of the Chargers, who was a, who will, who he's familiar with, who will be his workhorse. But Harbaugh's clearly going to have his fingerprints all over what's going on there. Whereas here, they've decided they want Adam Peters to to be that person. Great, I think everybody is excited for that, right? So. They waited for the guy that everybody seemingly wants them to get in, in Ben Johnson. So what do we know that happened for sure? What we know is this, that Ben Johnson bailed. And he didn't just bail. He's allowed to, he's allowed to turn down the opportunity. Of course. He did it while they were on the flight there. He didn't wait for the meeting, for the meeting to take place. He didn't do it face-to-face. He did it in that way. And I don't, you know, we'll have to find out more as to why that happened, but, you know, in talking to people down here in the Brown League, I mean, the, one, the number one take that everybody seems to have without knowing all the details about why Washington's in the situation is that what Ben Johnson and his agent pulled is completely unprofessional. That what they did is, is just, you know, kind of stupid for his own reputation and his own uh, regard going forward. You know, when Josh McDaniels bailed on the Colts a couple years ago after he was hired, and then, like, the next day, like, nah, I don't want to do this. Um, you know, that was like, oh, what the hell is happening here? He's kind of screwing the Colts. I mean, I guess you could make an argument that Ben Johnson did Washington the solid if he was really debating it by moving on before they had to make a choice. But, you know, the idea that Washington is completely at fault here I think is ridiculous. Like, again, they may not ultimately get the right result. I mean, you know, they may hire somebody that doesn't work, which, of course, is always a possibility. But the idea that they they squandered this, they screwed this up, again, you'd have to tell me, one, who would you have said that they should have definitively taken with the second one? And then if Johnson was there, and two, what are they supposed to do? Everybody wanted Johnson. They waited for him. 
and he couldn't even look them in the face to say, I don't want to do this. I, I think that's a pretty big red flag as to what he's about. And I heard you and Lavero talk about, you know, maybe he just doesn't have the right temperament for the head coaching job. That was my big question this whole time, right. and that's fine. It's good self-awareness if he thinks he doesn't right. to, to not put himself in that position. But, you know, again, the one thing we know for sure is that he bailed on even taking the interview with a team that obviously has been you know, courting him, interested in him, he's been linked to for all these weeks. And, you know, that is not on Washington uh, unless we find out, you know, something else led to this, but I find that hard to believe. So, you know, look, they may get it. Whoever they're going to get at this point is likely going to be feel underwhelming. And that's, that's an us issue. It's not a, it's not a them issue. It's a, that's a perception issue, but um, I don't know how to, I don't know how I'm supposed to blame them for Ben Johnson saying, nah, I don't want to do this. You know, you, everybody wanted him. They waited. And when you wait, you miss out on other opportunities. But who's going to say, you know, if they a week ago said, now nah, we'll, let's get Raheem Morris before we even interview Ben Johnson, people would have been like, well, that's insane. So, you know, it's bad luck to a degree. Maybe there's more. Maybe they are. Maybe there was bad process. Uh, no pun intended with Josh Harris. But, you know, I don't know what you're supposed to do when the guy you're coveting, or at least we think they're coveting, says, ah, I'm good. Yeah, I just think the perception that there's chaos, you know, that they didn't get this guy, they didn't get that guy, and oh my God, we're scrambling. I bet the reality is just much different inside that building in Ashburn. Yeah, and and, and I would go back to the entire, you know, last month or so of of this conversation about Ben Johnson, Ben Johnson. Um, You know, as we discussed the other day, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, you know, part of the reason why, like, I kept going, I don't know, I just, like, I can't always put my – it's hard to put your uh, your finger on it sometimes, but, like, I've gone through this before, right, where you're talking to different sources and you're trying to get a feel for what's going to happen and, and, and how strong things are. And, you know, I, I think like a real tipping point was when Boomer Esiason goes on television and says it's a lock, they're getting Ben Johnson. And I'm like, you know what? This is nonsense. I can't get anybody in this organization to talk. Nobody, and I can tell by listening to other people, they're all saying the same thing. So the idea that Boomer Esiason would say it's a lock that they're getting Ben Johnson would say to me he like that that he is just hearing the same thing that everybody else is hearing because there's nobody was talk- people were not talking yeah uh, you know and so like the idea that like again was Ben Johnson the favorite totally reasonable to think he might have been was he the guy they wanted sure could very well have been the guy a lock uh, it's it's a given. Get out of here. And now, again, we're hearing, well, did, were, did his demand spook teams, as Schefter phrase it? Maybe. If so, he's not a lock. Did Ben Johnson waver because he wasn't sure he wanted to do this? Perhaps. Well, then he wasn't a lock. Like, I don't even, like, un- until somebody says to me, Ben Johnson wanted this, he told the commanders, you, you give me this money and I'll do it. And he got some indication that they weren't going to. He said, ah, screw it, I don't want to bother. Unless you tell me that happened, then he was never a lock. He may have been the number one choice, but not a lock, and that's why this whole thing. And it, again, it, you know, this is this is the example I keep using. Remember, obviously, 2020, uh, we had already started to get some idea that the Washington, uh, the, the, the whatever they were called at that moment, the football team, whatever, that there was something going on. There was investigations happening, or the, the Washington Post was going to drop a big story. You know, we had already reported that they had fired some of their employees, and now we're waiting for this story to come. And because 
it got out that this story was going to happen, but it didn't happen for like another week or so. What 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 happened? Crazy rumors started. Oh my God, Jeffrey Epstein's involved. Dan Snyder and him. Like a hundred things were being said that were all insane. Thus, when they did put out their story about the allegations and the, and the incidents that that took place in the building, um, it was you know, a letdown. Speaking out about <laughs> it was a letdown. Yeah, everybody was like, "Oh, this is yeah. a letdown." I'm yeah. like, "Well, that's because you." Yeah. <laughs> like, no, this that, that, no you're right. It's a big part of it. I yeah, agree. With, yeah, with no information, yeah. you just everybody just went nuts, and that's kind yeah. of what happened here. There was no information, so everybody just like, "All right, I guess this is it." Well, what's what's you know taking it a step further as it relates to McDonald? I mean, you know, now the assumption is they whiffed on Ben Johnson and McDonald. I, I don't. I mean, Ben Johnson didn't pick Seattle over Washington. He picked not coaching and becoming a head coach. McDonald just happened to have been the next big coordinator on the list of uh, of the people they had hired uh, interviewed twice. Um, I. I I mean, you you seem to think Washington, and we talked about this as it related to Ben Johnson the other day, um, that Washington is a much better opportunity than Seattle. I said that Seattle is not nearly as you know, behind Washington in terms of the opportunity um, as maybe uh, some had thought. But if Washington was the better opportunity and McDonald's basically lived in this area, um, I mean... Maybe Washington, maybe Washington didn't want McDonald. Maybe that's why he took the well, Seattle job. Anyway. Right. Well, also, like, I think it's all relative, right? Like, if you were Ben Johnson, you're like, okay, let's look at these scenarios. Why, Seattle has Geno Smith, who's, you know, fine, but he's an you know, older guy. You know, no upside there. Seattle was a middling team last year. They've been a pretty good organization, of course, for the last decade or so. Very good at times. And, uh, you know, they're closer to competing right now than Washington is. But they're going to have – Washington has the number two pick in the draft. If you're a guy, if you're an offensive guy, that's got to yeah. be pretty intoxicating. Yeah. And the whole situation's open. But if you're Mike McDonald, a defensive guy, Seattle has a bunch of young, interesting defensive players, and they are closer to competing. And maybe he's like, hey, I think my system's pretty good. You know, one of the under underreported parts about the Ravens this year was, like, it's not like they had some, like, overwhelming talent. They good, good players, but you know a lot of their guys like even like Kyle Van Noy and uh, what do you call it, um, the pass rusher. Am I blanking on uh, uh, Clowney? Clowney, right? You know th- th- these were guys that you know they kind of picked up off the street to a degree, right? And they were able to turn this into a dynamic team. So now imagine if he can get younger guy, younger talent to to help him do that. So I I think that, I think you could look at it in two different ways depending on who you are. I think Seattle is better than Washington. Um, but either way, uh, you know, we don't we don't know, and that's the thing. There's just a lot of unknown here right now as to who is thinking what. Um, you know, and like McDonald, obviously, he's gotten a lot of attention. He just got this job, but again, go back three or four weeks ago, was McDonald the guy that everybody was clamoring for? Uh, maybe, um, but you know, again, three years ago, they would have been clamoring for Arthur Smith or at various points. Josh McDaniels, or not to mention almost every coach that Dan Snyder hired, right? So, like, I we'll see. I, I don't know what to, what what to make of it. I just think, um, you know, if you're going to keep killing them over the Ben Johnson thing, you got to start with that Ben Johnson and his agent really, uh, you know, hose Washington first, and then we can kind of go from there. If it is Quinn, who do you think he would hire as his offensive coordinator? Have you thought about? 
names and put together a list like you did with Ben Johnson on D coordinators and staff? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I thought about it. I mean, you know, look, you you play the game of who who's he worked with before or whatever. You know, right now in Dallas, Mike McCarthy calls the plays, but the offensive coordinator is uh, Brian Schottenheimer. That would be go over like a lead balloon. Uh, you know, Brian Schottenheimer's not had tremendous success as a uh, offensive coordinator. I mean, Dallas's offense has been very good the last few years, of course, but you know, again, McCarthy is the one calling the plays. Uh, I, I don't know that it would be Schottenheimer. I'm not even know if he would be in in, in uh, Quinn's uh, mind. Uh, you know, beyond that, I, I don't. Off the top of my head here, I don't remember thinking there was like a ton of obvious names. You know, you look around though. You know, could a guy like Frank Reich? I know that was a bomb this year in Carolina. Work with Bryce Young, but in general, he's viewed pretty pretty positively as a as a you know a teacher. Uh, you know, Carson. He was Carson Wentz's coach when Carson Wentz was an MVP, near MVP in 2016, right? Um, you know, Byron Leftwich is is out there. Is that something to consider? I, I don't have a ton of you know sexy names for this one unless they just go deep into the pool. I guess I should mention. The guy that really intrigues me is uh, Brian Greasy. Uh, he is the 49ers QB coach. Right. Obviously, he's done some good things with Brock Purdy, and if he's, you know, to whatever degree, taking some pieces out of that Kyle Shanahan offense, you know, that could be pretty interesting. So I think he's somebody hey, that well, – you, you, you just – okay, I, I don't want to lose this thought here for a second. Let's just say that – Ben Johnson was really the the guy that they had their heart set on, and they really wanted an offensive guy. And Ben Johnson, you know, basically left them hanging and decided not to be a head coach. And they thought all along that he was going to be a head coach. And let's just say that you know Quinn, very impressive, and a guy that they had as a plan B, but really as a plan B because they thought the plan A would work out. San Francisco's in the Super Bowl right now. Adam Peters knows that entire staff. Brian Greasy's been the guy really given a ton of credit for not only finding, identifying Brock Purdy, but developing Brock Purdy. He's moved up in that staff. What if he's sitting here thinking now, I could I could hire Brian Greasy as a head coach. It would almost be like the Zorn thing, you know. He's been thinking right. about Brian Greasy as a coordinator, um, but why don't I just make him a head coach now? I know he's going to be a head coach at some point. I I mean that's insane because they haven't even interviewed virtually or any, and they could interview them now, right? Super Bowl teams assistant coaches can interview formally during this portion of this week. I think I'm right on that. Uh, I think I think that's right, um, but um, but yeah, I mean, you know, they've had all this time to that could have interviewed him. Right, Brian Greasy has, has interviewed for uh, offensive coordinator jobs. He met with the Saints at least, as far, uh, I believe. Okay. So yeah, I mean, they could have you know they could have had any, any of these people. Also, like Steve Wilkes, the Forty ers defensive right. coordinator, was someone I wondered about a while ago. And you know, I, I think one of the odder things to me about this has been that they had seven outside candidates on their list before they even hired Adam Peters, and then they didn't add to it. Yeah. I was one. I thought maybe, well, I mean, Adam Peters can't be completely in lockstep with them, right? Like, he, there must be one person that, for him, he's like, hey, I really would like to have this conversation. But, you know, maybe not. I don't know. So they uh, obviously didn't do that. Um, 
I keep saying seven. Obviously, Eric Bieniemy was in there either as well, but I'm talking about the outside candidate. So, um, so yeah. So all that part is is odd. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it 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 is just weird. Just again, it just felt like they were on a rocket ship the way they handled the Peters thing, and now for this to be having dragged out again, not necessarily their fault, but just being dragged out right to the degree that it is is really just, you know, kind of wild. Anything else you'd like to add to this? Oh, boy. Um, you know, I, I would very much like this to, to, to get resolved today. I joked earlier on Twitter, if this goes on for another 10 hours, uh, Chris Russell's going to start promoting Jim Haslip for the job, and in 72 hours we're all going to start listening. Um, so I would hope that, uh, you know, that they, they get this done. I, you know, look, it's hard to know exactly what's going on. I think one thing, you know, from a purely from a perception standpoint, if they could have, if they were really going to pick Dan Quinn, do it before McDonald goes to Seattle, make it look like this was your call. Doesn't matter, but I'm just saying, if we're talking the perception game, I think that's the type of thing that would have helped. And you know, I also think maybe from this, you know, look, the other day there was this pushback from you know Adam Schefter saying, ah, oh, don't be so sure, you know, that this is that this is happening, you know. I, you know, I'm pretty positive that came from, you know, people with Washington to, to try to tamp down the expectations that had been running wild with Ben Johnson being the answer. I wonder if maybe they should have gone to that route a little bit earlier. Like, again, it's perception. It doesn't have anything to do with their process or with the result. But, you know, if you're going to do that at some point, they probably should have done it a little bit earlier because I do think by the time that happened, it just became, boy, if it's not Ben Johnson, this feels like a disaster, which it doesn't necessarily mean it is at all. Again, Ben Johnson and his agent really, uh, you know, a lot of people in the league are, are taking swipes at them for the way that was handled uh, in the end. So, you know, maybe they dodged the bullet to some degree overall with the Washington, um, but that's not going to fly with, you know, people who are only sort of, casually paying attention to this and, and wondering how come they didn't get this guy that everybody said they were going to. They must have screwed something up. But, you know, that's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yeah, it's interesting to think about it from the PR perspective because on one hand, I don't want them to care at all what people think. Right. I just want them to get it right um, and build something. And if they build a winner, none of those people will remember how much they pushed back on this whole process. But to your point, they are, you know, still in that mode of trying to grow a business, trying to acquire new customers. And um, however it happened, um, and maybe it happened because, again, he really was the number one target and they were waiting for him. Um, but maybe it's best when you go through this process not to have a guy that is going to be the number one target for multiple weeks because his team is still playing. You know, it's got to be wrapped up sooner so that it doesn't hang out there that long because the Ben Johnson storyline of him being the number one target and him being interested in Washington and this was a done deal has been in the works for two weeks. And, um, and yeah, uh, and the first opportunity they had to interview him in person was this week. So there, there probably could be some better management of that, uh, even though I don't personally care. But they, they're, they're building a business. And they, right. they, there's no doubt that it seems like, and I don't think it's just you know a Twitter 
thing right now. It seems like there is a significant percentage, I don't know if it's 50%, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more, of fans that feel let down by this head coaching process and and almost have you know, um, some level of PTSD. Um, it's like, you know, this is the way they have felt so many times over a long period of time. And it's, uh, it's tough to shake the damage that was done to this fan base. Um, that's, that's part of it. Uh, if we hadn't gone through all the trauma that we've been through as a fan base, Maybe we wouldn't, or maybe a lot of people wouldn't be nearly as frustrated with this process. And maybe they'd be lauding the fact that they're so patient and they're so thorough uh, in trying to get this thing right. Um, but anyway. Yeah, uh, I, I've seen, I saw some people on Twitter, you know, viewing the situation as a letdown and therefore saying on Twitter, nothing's changed. New owner, nothing's changed. To which, of course, I would be like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, I have no idea. Yeah. None of us know what, if any of this will be successful or what's <laughs> right. going to happen. But the idea that this is the same is insane. And and also, like, about a week or so ago, I tweeted out a video. It was I was watching an NBA. Uh, it was when the, when the Milwaukee Bucks uh, fired their head coach randomly. Yeah. And Bob Myers, of course, who's consulting for, for the commanders, was on the ESPN set. And he was explaining about, like, sort of how these things go. And he's like, look, the number one important person is the general manager because that's who gets the players. The coach is important, but the talent is what matters the most. They, Washington has done that. They've got the guy that everybody is saying yeah. is the number, was the number one guy to get. So, you know, if you're, I guess at the end of the day, if it is Dan Quinn and you're saying, so here's the result. They got the number one general manager from the team that may very well win the Super Bowl that put, helped put together the most talented roster in the league, and the coach is the guy is the defensive coordinator for a defense that was top 10, I think, multiple years in a row. They led the NFL in takeaways in 21 and 22, and uh, they were the number two seed in the NFL this year. That's the end result. Forget forget all the other – anything else. That's the end result. This is a, this is a disaster? Ah, I mean – Okay, I, I yeah, I don't get that. I don't get it at all. You'll 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 love this. Did you? Because I bet you, I bet you've seen the movie Bad Teacher, with Cameron Diaz, Jason yeah. Siegel. Okay, yeah, so yeah. so I had a caller to the radio show this morning. Um, I think his name was Mark, uh, and Mark said essentially kind of the same thing. This just reminds me of two thousand eight with Zorn, and 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 and, and it, he's just going on and on, and I just and I said. Yeah, but it's different. That was Dan and Vinny. They have a real owner and a real GM, and he said, it doesn't matter. And I said, it's the only thing that matters. And so a friend of mine during the commercial break texted me and said, that's the Jason Siegel line to the kid in the cafeteria when they're having the LeBron Jordan argument. And he says, I bet you're going to say he's got six rings. That's your only argument. And Jason Siegel goes, it's the only argument that matters. And it's like... Please, this idea that this is a Snyder, Vinny, Snyder, Bruce production, stop. I mean, look, they may not get it right. They may end up being Dan and Vinny or Dan and Bruce. But I think we have to, after begging for this, I think we have to just sit back and just let them go through this process and judge it two, three years down the road. 
Maybe they'll get it wrong. Maybe the next time they'll get it right. Um, but but no, this this was not um, this is not 2008 Zorn. It isn't. Okay, that's just a dumb, dumb take. And it's but but then again, it's understandably dumb. Or let me just say, I understand it because people are having these, you know, traumatic flashbacks. It really, you talk about a damaged fan base. I don't think any fan base has been damaged like this one. None. In recent memory in sports, I don't think. I don't know. Maybe the Nick fan base. I always compare the Dolan Knicks situation to here, although the Knicks are the hottest team in the NBA right now. Um, all right. Oh, right. Uh, what else? What else haven't I asked you? Um, what, well, el- what else have you learned from down there? Quarterback well, talk? Say, anything? Like, uh, well, one second. But like you mentioned, the coordinator, um, you know, obviously that's a huge deal. And, you know, how yeah. they fill out the staff, you know, is going to be very important. So if there was one negative here, it kind of probably would be. Hey, um, you know, have they waited too long from that perspective, right? Because all these all these candidates yeah. that go in to talk to Josh Harris, Santa Peters, and part of the conversation is who's your staff going to be? But these people are humans; like they have jobs, like they got to figure out what to do. So are they all waiting for Dan Quinn to get a job? And if, you know, who who knows? Um, but by the way, also just one other thing: you just asked about the quarterback. We'll we'll talk about Drake May and. Jane Daniels for for weeks and months now, and they'll make a pick, and we'll see what happens. But part of what they're all having to assess is it's not just how quickly they run a forty or how well they they uh, can can read a defense or whatever. You're also trying to judge a human being and how a human being will evolve over the course of time. How will they deal with the pressure of being the number two pick? How will they deal with the pressure when they have when they lose three games in a row or have a game where they throw three interceptions or whatever, right? The, the situation with that, well, somehow we don't take this with the head coaches of, as well, right? Like, they're having to judge from weeks now what Ben Johnson is going to do. Did they know that Ben Johnson, at the last game he was coaching, would be they would bl- that his team would blow a 17-point lead at halftime and lose and the emotional distraught? I talked that about that. Came? I talked about that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, now, how could you know? I mean, how, how, I mean you know, right. I'm not saying if they yeah. lost by 30, that would be better. But I'm just saying, like, who knows? Maybe you know, Ben. You know, what if they win the Super Bowl? Maybe Ben Johnson is like, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. I, who knows? A hundred percent. It's such a hard, it's it, such a hard it, thing to know. This is something that I don't. I, I think too often we, as fans, media members, etc., just. We don't consider the human element. I mean, first of all, this guy's been rather preoccupied for the last month. Um, right. And, you know, I think you and I talked about this either on the podcast or on the radio show. Like, it, to me, the whole process of all of these interviews while they're getting ready for their most important games of the year, and Ben Johnson on that one day had like three or four virtual interviews, I just found it odd. I mean, their sole focus should be on beating the Rams, beating the Buccaneers, and beating the 49ers. And it was, um, you know, and you wonder how much, you know, time he was able to dedicate to, hey, you know, I've had this feeling as to whether or not I'm ready or not. I've, you know, I'm going to have to figure this out sooner rather than later, but I, I got to get ready for the Bucks. 
We're playing them in the divisional round of the playoffs. I mean, there's a lot going on there that um, that we don't know. Uh, and uh, anyway, all right, um, great job. Appreciate it. I will talk to you uh, on Friday on radio. See you. Hey, man. Ben Standing, everybody. Uh, just one or two final thoughts right after these words from a few of our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you listen on Apple or Spotify and you've got a moment to rate or review us, it would be much appreciated. It's very helpful. Uh, Both allow you to rate us up to five stars. That would be great. Apple allows you to write a quick review. That's really helpful. Subscribing to the podcast is helpful as well. And following us, which is real easy to do, just hit the follow button or the plus button on that home screen on your iPhone for Apple Podcasts or for Spotify. Um, all of those things are very helpful, uh, as is Window Nation. Window Nation's a big help to us on this podcast, and they can be a big help to you as well. Right now, if you are thinking about windows, if you need new windows, all I'm asking you to do is just give them a shot to give you a free estimate. There's nothing to lose. Call them at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com. Mention my name. They'll give you a free estimate. You can do with that estimate whatever you want. Shop it all you want. All I can tell you is that for 14 years, Window Nation has delivered for me and all of my friends, family members, and listeners. They get it right. They've got a great product. Their people are Phenomenal. And again, right now, 50% off all windows, 0% interest for five years if you want to finance the purchase. 86690Nation, windownation.com. Again, no risk at all to just ask for an estimate. Tell them that I told you to call. So I was going to conclude with this Oriole sale, which I'm, I'm going to wait now until tomorrow. I'll do it with Tommy tomorrow. Uh, Tommy's more equipped to talk about it anyway. This just hit the wire. Um, It is not breaking news necessarily, but it's interesting news because Ben Johnson has spoken. He spoke to Amon Ross St. Brown, his elite wide receiver. Amon Ross St. Brown and his brother do a podcast. And on the podcast today, earlier today, Amon Ross St. Brown said that Ben Johnson called him Tuesday morning to say that he's staying. This was Amon Ross St. Brown. I'll read the quote for you uh, from the podcast on how the conversation went. Amon Ross St. Brown on his podcast said, quote, I'm like, so what's up with you? Did, did you do an interview? Are you leaving? He's like, you know what? 
I'm on my way to the facility right now. I couldn't sleep last night, was thinking about it. There's unfinished business. And Amon Ross St. Brown said he wants to stay. He said his heart is in Detroit. He wants to stay. Closed quote. Uh, So that's the first of Ben Johnson's aftermath of his uh, coaching recruitment um, and passing on any of the offers, although I don't even know if an offer was made. Uh, And I don't know the timing of it. I mean, he's saying Tuesday morning he got called. Washington had an interview with Dan Quinn Tuesday morning in D.C., then got onto a plane. I don't know if it was late in the morning, early afternoon. Yeah, obviously Ben Johnson probably when – He figured out late Monday night or Tuesday morning that he was staying in Detroit, should have immediately said to Washington, you don't need to come for me. I'm staying in Detroit. All right, done for the day. Back tomorrow with Tommy.